In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, what's going on? It's Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, by popular demand, and by mm. that I mean Vincent. Yes, yes. We are reviewing from 2022. A matter of fact, from September 2022. <laughs> yes. More to the point, September what? 9th? September? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite. <laughs> no, the September 2nd. 2nd, yeah. 2022. Yeah, right. Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown in Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul. Yes, and it's it's not just like there's a there is a faction of Team Michelle that wanted this. Like, it's not just me. It, no. But. It was, it was led by you. You're, right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm the point of the spear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. You're the man in the pulpit on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you see, I st- I'm going to just tell you who I stand with at the beginning. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. We've got a good one re- ready for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you, you just don't know. Vincent, did you watch the Emmy Awards last night? I did not watch the Emmy Awards. Of course, speaking of being on brand, of course, I didn't watch the Emmy Awards. But I did, of course, watch all the clips. And I'm very, very happy for some individuals who won awards. Yeah, there's quite a few individuals that we want to uh, make sure that we give them their their propers for their success at the Emmy Awards last night, um, beginning with uh, Quinta Brunson. Yes, sir. Who won a writing Emmy for Abbott Elementary, specifically for the pilot episode yeah. of Abbott Elementary. Yeah, yeah, Elementary. Um, You are a huge fan of that show. I'm a big fan of Abbott Elementary, and I'm very happy for her. Like, very happy for her and all of her success. Uh, probably this is a great opportunity to, I don't know if you looked at the clip. I did. In, with Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. And, and what is, what is, what is the deal with Jimmy Kimmel? What? Is he funny? He can be. I, I don't think he's Could you show me something? <laughs> like, I know, like. Like he did this extended joke, and then he's on stage to be, with to her. Be fair, he did it with. It wasn't just him. He did it with with um, Will Arnett. Well, he's the only one on the stage 
that you can see. Okay. With Quinta, like I don't know if Will Arnett moved. Well, Will Arnett did move because he has class. Once she. Okay. All right. All right. So here's so for those who didn't see it, for those who didn't see the the clip, uh, Quinta, Will Arnett and Jimmy Kimmel are to announce the winners uh-huh. for this for this Emmy Award for writing in a comedy series, and the bit is that Will Arnett drags like a a quote unquote unconscious Jimmy Kimmel onto the stage because Jimmy passed out. Because he lost again in the late night category, uh, lost again, and that made him pass out. And that well, that's the joke because he, he's never won it, right? Um, Gee, I wonder why he's <laughs> just comedy gold so far. Anyway, so the bit is that he's going to dra- he's going to drag him out, and because because Jimmy says I still want to be out there, still want to do my job, so he drags him out there, and Will Arnett basically does the announcing of the whole thing. For him, by even by reaching down, because because Jimmy Kimmel is laid out on on the stage, reaches down into his pocket for the the nominees, and or in the envelope with the winner. This is all hilarious. Okay, to be fair, the people are laughing. There's mixed laughter in the audience, at least that I could see. And this is before the winner is announced. Before the winner. Okay, so the winner hasn't been announced. Winner has not been announced. It's dumbass award show stuff. Right. Right. It's a dumb. It's dumb bit for the award. Right. This is why I watched three episodes of Cobra Kai instead. Go ahead. Now, so the winner is announced, and it's Quinta Brunson. Yes. So now we have a winner. We have a winner, and the camera cuts to Quinta Brunson with with someone who's never won before. Correct. For probably never nominated before. For the critical darling. Yes, definitely the critical darling because the the. Uh, the audience erupts. Erupts because this this is her year. Yes, the, we're all super happy for her. Yes, she comes up on stage. She she comes up on stage now. Jimmy Kimmel, while Will Arnett had, had, has moved to the back, as most presenters do. Right, he Jimmy Kimmel not it, raised in a barn. Jimmy Kimmel is still laying there. Now Will Arnett did kind of like move Jimmy out of the way so that she could stand in front of the microphone. But because he's not actually unconscious. No, he's not. He's pretending. He's pretending to be unconscious. And and then Quinta Brunson goes and gives her gives her speech. I mean, what else can she do? She gives her speech and then and then then she walks off. It's it's almost like a metaphor of how black women, black people in general have to navigate mediocre ass white people to live their best lives. You could like take a picture of it. Like you could take a shot of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and put it on a wall mm-hmm. and say, you know, black excellence. And then like an asterisk next to it mm-hmm. and then down small print in spite of. Quinta Brunson. And you can say whether or not she's just being a good sport. Right. No, a, hey, politics. we're friends. She said she was. I, 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 I didn't. Mind. I mean, it. what else could she say, Lynn? Well, I honestly don't think she had a problem. <laughs> but if she did, could she say it? Well, I think she could. I, I certainly think she could. She, she absolutely could not because now she's a, a black shrew, a black B word. She's up there. You know how these black women are. Like, like, where's her space? If she wanted to say something. Well, I. This is where I landed with my girlfriend. Was that, you know, I get the idea of doing the bit, and I get the idea of maybe sticking with the bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um. 
And if you're going to commit to the bit, the bit is to be there when the person walks up. That is the bit. The bit is not to do it. To do the bit all the way up until someone actually comes up and accepts their award. And, you like, and now yeah. that's the end of the bit. Well, okay. I, I disagree. I, I, I think that the end of that bit is when the person is there. But, 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 but with that in mind is that once the person is there, you can't move because you don't know, you don't want to pull focus. Which is why you don't do it. And well, yes, that's why you don't do it in the first. Which now I go it back. Was a dumb, it was a I, dumb I go back to my original because I realized, like, why is like, like, what is Jimmy Kimmel? Like, where did he come from? Like, like, like Jimmy Fallon. You, you know, he come. Oh, okay, yo, he's kind of charming and goofy, and he's enthusiastic. And James Borden is, you know, he's like a theater kid. And mm-hmm. okay, you kind of get that. And and then like the British dude on the other station, like the British dude with, it was like a British dude who had a talk, who had a oh, late before night. Before James Corden. Right, right. Like, all right, he's, all right, he's British, <laughs> you know, and, you know, Seth Meyers, a writer, and he's kind of clever. I've never understood. It, it's, it's like they just told me Jimmy Kimmel was a thing. Well, Jimmy Kimmel, he was a stand-up. and Was he, he funny? I didn't see a lot of his stand-up. And then he ho- has anyone seen his stand up? <laughs> he, he maybe didn't know, do a whole lot of stand up. And then he hosted a show um, on Comedy Central for a long time called The Man Show. He was the co host with uh, Adam Carolla. <laughs> Is that where he comes from? Pretty much. His- Is that where he comes from? Pretty much his claim to fame. And then he won an audition. So it really is just sort of white mediocrity kind of stumbling up the ladder. Yeah. I don't have a problem with him. I like him. I know I'm not saying like I love him, but I, you know, he's, he's I mean, like, I never thought about him, yeah. frankly, until he was on stage. No, do, do with I, his do sister. I, do I wish that he hadn't done it? Yes. I do. And do I wish that once she it's announced that he just gets up? It's and ridiculous. It, it was ridiculous. But it, you know, it it didn't take away from my joy of seeing her. You don't you don't see like if you see the clips. At least I don't know what clips you saw. You see the clips. You can quickly forget that he's there because they, it's really a tight focus on her. Once they tighten the focus. Yeah. yeah. But and, and, when they pull back, yeah. it's like, what? What is what is going on on the stage? Which then made me have to spend 30 seconds of my life Brent, reading about this bit. Sharon Eldridge in the chat says, I'm realizing that the only parts of Jimmy Kimmel's show that are funny to me are done by other people. That's uh Interesting. Aaron Fry remembers the man show fondly, says the man show was my jam. I I don't I remember catching a man show once or twice. It, it didn't really do anything. For yeah, me. I went to high school with them dudes. Yeah. By the time I was in the 12th grade, I'd had my fill of that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was a lot of people grabbing to people be fair, and farting it, on their he's heads. He's not that guy. In boobs. That, that was a different show. I'm going to fart on your head in boobs. That was a different show. It was a different time. And he's not that guy. Yeah, well, I don't. Well, apparently he's still a little bit of well, that guy. Well, he's a little goofy, but I mean, uh, he's not that guy. He's a little bit of that guy because that's Cause that it, is, it's like that very much tracks. I can see. Like it's a straight line from fart on your head in boobs. To, to be this. To, to be totally honest, if it was reversed and it was Jimmy Kimmel pulling Will Arnett, I could see Will Arnett still doing that. Will Arnett show. would never have done that in 2022. Mm-hmm. Post Ted Lasso, Will Arnett 
is never doing that. No. So, you know. Anyway, I don't know. Quinta won. Quinta won. My girl won. Shirley Ralph. Miss Shirley Ralph. Shirley Ralph. Yes, she did. Uh, Won for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. Comedy series. Yeah. Abbott Elementary. And gave maybe the best acceptance speech ever. Wasn't that fantastic? It was absolutely fantastic. She breaks into songs singing. uh, Diane Reeves and da- is a endangered species. Is that the name of the? Song? I'm not sure if that's the name of the song. I know it was a Diane Reeves song. Yeah. Um, and then gives a, a an ex- exuberant and powerful um, speech, thanking everyone, thanking her family, thanking mm-hmm. her husband, thanking her children, thanking Quinta Brunson. And and she first of all, she looks absolutely Come phenomenal. On, Come on. You know what I love about Shirley Ralph since Abbott Elementary? Like, I don't really follow people like that, but I follow Shirley Ralph. Shirley Ralph lets you know she's not that school marm every time. I, I like that Shirley Ralph. Oh, I believe it. Yes, sir. I, be- I, I absolutely believe it. And and actually, as, as much as I remember the speech, I remember her singing. There's a moment at the end where, where she is holding her Emmy up above her head. Uh, head mm-hmm. and she's and uh, like she's almost like in the superhero pose. Yeah, oh yeah. She's holding it's like Thor's hammer. Yeah, and her, and her fist are clenched, and she's she, she's all cut. She's diesel. Look, I'm like I that just keeps replaying in my head. It's absolutely a beautiful moment. Yeah, absolutely a beautiful moment. Very happy for her. Um, Zendaya, Zendaya won absolutely won for uh, Euphoria. This is the second time in a second row. in a row. I was not a, not aware of that. So uh, that is cool. Um, Jared Carmichael. Jared Carmichael. One for his comedy special. For Rothaniel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which um, which is pretty good. And I actually did enjoy. I enjoyed it a great. And, 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 you know, it's not the same knife that I'm using with Jimmy Kimmel. I actually don't think Jared Carmichael is that funny. As far as stand-up? His stand-up. Just, like, know. I've never enjoyed his stand-up. But Rothaniel is... is remark i think speaking of team michelle like i feel like toya texted us and told about us we, about watching it and mm-hmm. i kind of turned it on and said eh, let me watch the first 10 minutes of it and then it was off it it is rothaniel is very good i too kind of like run hot and cold with him as a stand-up but while that ostensibly is a stand-up if, right if you, if you don't know what rothaniel is about well you should by now yeah almost everybody should but it, even if you don't, it's still worth viewing. It's not a stand-up in the traditional it's, sense. It's it's ain't nobody smiling. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And and it's it's very good. And I'm very happy for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very happy for him. I like him. I don't think he's that funny, but I like him. No, I mean I champion yeah. his success. Mm-hmm. I, I I definitely champion his success. So God bless him. Also, um, did I see that uh, Lizzo won as well? Yeah, Lizzo won. I am a fan of Lizzo. You know I love Lizzo. I'm a fan of I Lizzo. I love Lizzo. Because... I don't like her second album as much as I did the first one. Well, I don't know about her albums. Um, but I like Lizzo. But I like her because I guess as, as much as anybody in that business and in that world can be, she seems as genuine as you can be. Look. In that. Lizzo don't bother nobody. 
Mm-hmm. She brings positivity. Mm-hmm. I think she's a nice voice mm-hmm. in the chorus. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm very much team Lizzo and I'm very happy for her. Very happy for her as well. So um <laughs> So those were the black folks. <laughs> that's, that's the Emmys as far as we are concerned. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, Keenan hosted. Keenan hosted. Keenan hosted. And we talked. I was about to say, <laughs> and apparently into existence, Kel Mitchell showed up, and they had a good burger moment. They had a good burger moment. So, and so that was kind of cool. So you're welcome, world. There you go. There's your sequel. <laughs> There's your sequel. Right. And to be honest, that's as much sequel as you need. I was like, why are people talking about Good Burger and Keenan? I said. Do we have that many listeners? Have we exploded since last week? <laughs> oh, if only I wish. <laughs> so I wish, I wish. Uh Deborah Battle pointed out that Zendaya is the youngest woman to lead win lead actress in a drama twice. That's fair. Well, here's an interesting little factoid. So Shirley Ralph is the first black woman to win the um supporting actress emmy that she won mm-hmm. since jack a and for two two one for two two seven yeah jack a of course texted i mean uh tweeted and, and congratulated but then jack a dropped this little nugget she said this is actually full circle because initially the creators of 227 wanted shirley ralph to play that role get out of here so there you go how do you like that that's cool isn't that really cool that is cool yeah that is pretty dope yeah because shirley shirley ralph who definitely you know made her bones in movies and and television but most people know her from the stage you know i mean i guess well i mean she's depending on how old you are that's true but really what tv did she do because she she was moesha's stepmom for however many years Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Because wasn't she also in, wasn't she in Robert Townsend's show too? No, that's our other girl. Oh. That's, that's our girl from Tap. Yes. Then I forgot her name. Phil, not Phyllis. Not Phyllis. No, 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 not Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the fine deep brown sister Vince like? Phyllis Stickney. No, not Phyllis <laughs> You You trying to call me out? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, hold on. I, I, I will tell you who it is. I see her. Oh yeah, I see her. I see her. Uh, Suzanne Douglas. Suzanne Douglas. That's right. That's right. That's Suzanne that. Douglas. That, that's Suzanne. Yeah. Uh, tap. Um, and for our Blackwell is indeed pointing out that he only knows uh Cheryl Lee Ralph from TV and movies. Yeah. The funny thing I saw a couple of people tweet and say apparently singing does pay the bills, referencing her character from um. Sister Act Two, mm. where strangely she didn't want Lauren Hill's character to sing in the choir. Like apparently she came from that little town in Footloose. Like we don't like no singing. <laughs> we don't like. I can't even sing for Jesus. No, you can't sing for Jesus. You can't sing for nobody. No, because I'm right. doing hair in the apartment. That's right. And I'm probably not licensed. So we real hand to mouth right now. <laughs> So you can't be singing with Whoopi Goldberg about Jesus. We've got listener mail, Vincent. Okay, so I won't 
talk about Tyler Perry's character who didn't want his child to sing either because his wife was on the crack. No, we're and, not. And he thought that she got on the crack because of singing. And why did I get no, not why did I get married? Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Remember that plot point? And she was on the crack. And then she kicked the crack and came into church at the end and started singing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I do remember that. I watched a lot of that out of my head. We got an email <laughs> from Sean Simmons. Hey, what's up, Sean? Hello, Len and Vincent. I hope all is well. I have a couple of comments relating to Len's top five black comedy duos. Okay. Sorry, Vincent. Uh-uh. Oh, I like the way this one's going. <laughs> I like how this is shaping up already. Matter of fact, let me repeat that. Sorry, Vincent. Uh-uh. But I have to agree with Len on this one. Okay, which one is that? Sean Wayans is terrible. <laughs> I've tried to stomach him throughout my childhood oh, no. up until now, but no matter what it is, I w- wonder how much better something would be if someone else was in his place. <laughs> I've always said that his work as SW1 on In Loving Color was his best work because oh he was silent. <laughs> All he had to do was stand there and do his little jig when the music started playing. Hopefully everyone out there knows he really wasn't spinning those records. I did. I did. However, I contend that two Wayne brothers had great comedic chemistry with someone outside of the family. Unfortunately, they didn't do a lot of work with this person. Kadeem Hardison. Yep. I would have loved to see more of Kadeem with Damon. Mm -hmm. They are always a moment for me when I put on I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see why Damon wanted to work with Kadeem on Mo Money before Mama Wayans put an end to that Mm -hmm. and and shoehorned Marlon. Marlon. Mm -hmm. I also would have loved to see more of Kadeem paired with Marlon. They starred in a film called The Six Man. I can't wait for you all to oh, review it. he sure did. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not finding anyone over The Six Man, but to me, their chemistry really shined through and made that movie watchable. Mm-hmm. I just look forward to that review to see if you agree with me and Len can burn the rest of it down like a Game of Thrones dragon if he feels compelled to. <laughs> Lastly, Okay. I agree that Chris Tucker and Ice Cube were a great pair. I would have loved to see them do more things together outside of the Friday universe, like Cube has done with Mike Epps or The Rock with Kevin Hart. I love Money Talk. It's a stupid, unlogical movie, but I love it all the same. I often wondered how better it could have been if Cube would have played Charlie Sheen's character. Yeah, that would have been too black for the people in 1997. I still would love for them to reconnect on screen, but not in another Friday movie. Yeah, I think that ship has sailed. It might be like Sunday morning. Um, People have to let that go. We've lost some folks in recent years that make it not worth it. But really, who wants to see Craig and Smokey hijinks at 50 years old? Right. Hard pass. Appreciate you all all as always and i'm really looking forward to tonight's review sean simmons oh thank you sean speaking of sean's i'm never gonna fight nobody over sean wayans Mm. 
I maintain I enjoy his performance in Don't Be a Menace to South Central. Like, that's really my only Sean Wayans mm. I can even, mm. you know, like I never watch. I never really watched the Wayans brothers. Okay. And you wouldn't have seen them in the uh, scary movie. I have not seen. It's so funny because October's coming up and that's shortlisted for my October movie. But um, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know. You can argue about it. I mean, how was scary movie, not a Halloween movie? I just don't know if I see it as a black movie. It's written and directed by the Wayans. Did they write that? Yeah. Dude, remember, that was always the secret sauce. At least one, maybe two. They may have written were one. Were secretly Wayans Brothers okay. things. Okay. And then the studio kind of like took it from them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it. I think the first two were written and directed. I mean, if only we had some type of miraculous device that connected to all of. Don't waste your time with that. I'll call Gazoo. Gazoo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Gazoo. Why are we talking about Gazoo? Are you oh. about to say are you are you having a fit? I, I, it, it worked on the Flintstones. Uh-huh. This is not going to work. God damn it! See, you put in scary movie. Oh yeah, there it is. So scary movie. Yeah, directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans and written by Marlon and Sean. Okay. At least the first one. Okay. And then okay. Scary Movie. Definitely puts it in a running. Scary, scary Movie 2, same thing. Okay. Same thing. Like, that's, I, I think quietly, that. that's how Sean and Marlon made their money. Well, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then I think 3 is when the studio basically took it from them. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um I haven't seen Scary Movie probably since it came out. No, I mean neither. I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm pretty sure I did see it. Yeah. I know I saw the first one. Okay. And I probably saw the second one. All right. But yeah, I'm not fighting nobody over Sean. Good. All right. Um All right, so that's our listener mail. All right, right, right. right. Late, ladies and gentlemen. Been um Sean Wayne's Palooza. Uh your cousin. Oh, hey Rolanda. Yeah. Your cousin Rolanda. Yeah. Hi, Rolanda. How are you doing? All right. Okay. All right. Now let's get. Now we're not going to do the top five. We're going to do the top five at the end of the show. It's it's it's. And you'll you'll understand why when we get there. Top five at the end. But that means that we are now. We're breaking protocol and going right in. We're going. We're going right in. I didn't put my cape on her. Well, you you got a couple of seconds. Six Degrees of Durbel Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent will attempt to get to an actor of my choice from 70s superstar Durbel Martin. All right. Six movies or less. Six movies or less. Vincent, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Would you like Hall or Brown? Hall or Brown? Mm-hmm. I'm always. I'm, I'm not sure what. Uh, well, I'm gonna start with Brown. Start with Brown. I like stuff. In six movies or start less, Vincent, Brown. get right. from Dervell Martin. Dervell Martin to to Millie Bobby Brown. 
Millie Bobby Brown. Interesting. Because the only thing that I remember her in is Godzilla. Certainly she's been in another movie besides Godzilla. She has. But I'm going to use Godzilla. Very well. Okay. Feels a little bit like a cheat because I'm actually using someone that we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm, yeah, I wonder whether or not you remember that. And I'm going to go right to, well, is anybody in it? Who else? Who was in it besides? You take me out. Who was in it? Besides <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry that I could use. Let me see if I can. I'm going to take 30 mm, seconds. You're, 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 you're barking up the right tree, but you're picking the wrong film. What, that Brian Tyree Henry would have been in with mm -hmm. Millie Bobby Brown? I'm, just, I, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just being real with you. From what you're saying. I mean, I know they were in Godzilla, and I'm going to get to Brian Tyree Henry pretty fast. It, what, what else What else is she in besides Godzilla? Um, she was in... I, she was in Enola Holmes. Oh, but that was a Netflix thing. Okay. That counts? She's in another She's in another movie, but I don't want to give... I, 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 you keep saying Godzilla. Oh, is it Godzilla, King of the Monsters? She was in that. Well, that's the one with Brian Tyree Henry. I was just using shorthand. Brian Tyree Henry's not in that movie. Okay. So, so, so he's in it with, um... Oh, all right. All right, here you go. Here you go. Derville Martin is, of course, in five on the black hand side with Dick Anthony Williams, who is in Mo Better Blues with Denzel Washington, who is in The Tragedy of Macbeth with Corey Henry, who is in Straight Out of Compton with Osai Jackson Jr., who is in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, with Millie Bobby Brown. Wait a minute. What was that last one? How'd you get to Godzilla? Osai Jackson Jr., Little Ice Cube. And he's in? Godzilla, King of the Monsters, with Millie Bobby Brown. He is? Hold mm -hmm. on. Let me just double check. No, please do. <laughs> okay, you're right. Oh well, I know this because I said it. And isn't it O'Shea? Whatever the. F <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Almost dropped an f bomb. Almost dropped an f bomb. <laughs> Whatever the blank his name is, he little ice cube. You know who I'm talking about. You almost got me. <laughs> oh, it just got real for a second. It just got real. Now you now you know how he treats me. Now you know how he treats me for real. All this Papa Vincent. Now you know how he treats me for real. Uh. 
Oh, that won't get cut. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, there you go. What movie was she in that you didn't want to tell me? Well, you were getting the name wrong. Oh, it was what Godzilla King of the Monsters? She wasn't Godzilla King of the Monsters. Right. Okay. So she was with Brian Tyree Henry in Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh, all right. Well, I need it. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, you all right. Go, but yeah, so got you, got you, got you. So, and I didn't want to yeah, give yeah, it to you. Yeah. Admittedly, her filmography is small. I mean, she's like 12. You know who else is in um, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong? And I don't remember him, even though I've seen that movie three times. But I'm sure he's there. Lance Riddick. Does Lance Riddick play... Corey, I think he might play Corey Henry's character grown up. Maybe, yeah. Which I went to Corey Henry and jumped to to Little Ice Cube, mm-hmm. but I could have stuck with Corey Henry because he's in. No, he's in King Kong. Right. Corey Henry is in King Kong. Right. Right. Yeah, that's the Vietnam one. Because remember, Corey Henry was in Monarch. His character was in Monarch yes. during the yes. uh, the late sixties, early seventies. Yes. yes. Wait a minute. So does this mean that you're, you're the connection is wrong? No, 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 no. no. Cause you, right? Because I did Corey Henry in Little Ice Cube and Straight yes. Out of Compton. Right, 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 right. Okay. But it's funny that both of them have been in the MonsterVerse movies. Very good. Yeah. All right. So you did good. You got to the Brown. All right. Got to the Brown. Now let's do the Hall. All right. All right, so in six movies or less, get from Derville Martin, Derville Martin to, to Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, Anthony Michael Hall. <clears throat> now, that's an interesting one. No, I got, uh, How do I want to get to Anthony Michael Hall? I'll get to Anthony Michael Hall a little interesting. Okay. Derville Martin. Mm-hmm. Is in. I don't want to do this. Durvel Martin. Okay. I'll take an interesting route, an an interesting route down a familiar path. Durvel Martin is in. is in Five on the Black Hand Side with Leonard Jackson. Mm. Leonard Jackson is in Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Yes. Eddie Murphy is in Coming to America with Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson is in I believe he's in Iron Man. Samuel Jackson in Iron Man. He shows up at the end of at Iron the Man. end with Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is in Weird Science with Anthony Michael Hall. And there you go. Very good. Very good, Vincent. Well done. There you go. I knew I wanted to use weird science. And pull out Robert Downey Jr., but I didn't want to just say bleh, Marvel. Were you a weird science guy? Did you like that movie? I did like Weird Science. I, I feel like I tried to rewatch it's it. It's one. Of, it's ago. one of the. I mean, none of. 
Don't say none of them. 16 candles. No, 16 candles doesn't age well. Well, no, well, it doesn't age well for right. multiple reasons. Uh Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club is is well. is is golden. That's that's good. Yeah. I like uh, Am I done? <laughs> you might be. Um, Are we going to throw Ferris Bueller in there? Like in that cohort? I think you got I think you can. Okay, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. I think Ferris Bueller ages really well. Mm-hmm. I might be done. That might be with like I don't know if they're all Chris Carter films, but those kind of Chris Carter eighties. Well, kind of ish because I don't think he yeah. kind of Chicago suburbs movies. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. That might be it. Yeah. yeah, True Genius is kind of a um, kind of a the high concept, but I like True Genius. I still like True Genius. I don't remember that one. Does a, do, remember all the smart people in uh, Val Kilmer plays a, a radical dude? No, smart guy, and then they. Figure, I don't think I saw it. Yeah, it's not, no, I like True Genius. I'm just trying to think of the ones that age okay. I never liked Saint Elmo's Fire. Oh no, never no, liked no, Saint Elmo's Fire. You stupid. Oh, Pretty in Pink isn't bad. Yeah, Pretty in Pink isn't bad. I don't really remember it. Yeah. I mean, we're talking 80s. So yeah. We're talking a long time. I, I, I thought Molly Ringwald was a really nice little actress. No, yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that. And I think Pretty in Pink, she does more than in any of them. Like, I think... Even as good as she is in Breakfast Club? Oh, I think she's better than, than she was in Breakfast Club. Mm. I think um, 16 Candles, she's very good. But between the racism... And the rape and just the general ickiness of 16 Candles is hard to watch 16 Candles. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. But I like her in 16 Candles. Oh, so do I. Yeah. So do I. All right. All right. So we've got COINTELPRO. We've got the Wayans Brothers. Could you not bring up COINTELPRO? Because that's not going that's to not be going going to, all right, so, so even that, this will be like a, this will be like a secret reference. When people listen to this yeah, 30 now years. I got to look for it later in the show. Because I'm you sorry. mention it. I won't. I will Third Q way. I didn't say anything about Alan Payne. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm good. Uh, I believe the name of the movie was Real Genius. Real Genius. Arson, the voice of reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Real Genius. What did I say? You said True Genius. True Genius. All right, yeah, Real Genius. The movie was not True Genius. I like Real Genius. Yeah. Uh, does War Games count? War Games was not good. I like War Games. War Games was not good. I like Short Circuit too. I didn't really like Short Circuit. Yeah, I didn't like Short Circuit. Stupid thing. I didn't really like Short Circuit. I didn't like Short Circuit. (laughs) We are going. We are going down. I mean, you know, like them eighties, like that little cohort that kind of made all them. Like they were all make making movies for like ten years. And like some of them were just kind of teen comedy things, and then they were high concept. And then there's when we're like Russia invades the United States, and you know, because I am a Red Dawn dude. Yeah, Red Dawn was good. Yeah, Red Dawn is all. Awesome. That's Dawn. that work right there, Red, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Wolverines. <laughs> I remember being on vacation with my parents in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
we're like sitting around in the hotel or whatever. And there was a commercial came on for a Scott Bayo movie. Okay. I think it was called snapped or something. I don't remember. Okay. Stupid. Okay. Right. But the, the commercial led you to believe that it's going to be Scott Bayo, you know, unfiltered from happy days. Okay. And it's going to be like this teen movie and it's going to be like, you know, a whole bunch of girls running around without their tops on. Okay. And I remember seeing this commercial and the only thing I could think about was, oh my God, we need to go home now so that I can go by myself. (laughs) Go see Scott Bale's big movie film (laughs) You. Did you? Did you see it? I did see it. And it's dumb. It's totally dumb. And 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 if there were women without their tops, I don't remember them. So they weren't memorable. You are, of course, speaking of zapped. That was what it was. Mm-hmm. Zapped. It was zapped. It was zapped. Yeah. Yeah. Was that because I, I I think I always got mixed up because Willie Ames is in it, right? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Who was also was he in Charles in Charge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. I wonder if that's that's where it started. That's how they bounced to Charles in Charge. That's where it started. Yeah. Uh, Arson says, "I see your stupid Scott Bayo movie, and I raise you never <laughs> too young to die." Starring John Stamos. I've never even heard. I don't of this even movie. know what he's talking. See, we. We were the wrong group of people for this kind of thing. Because <laughs> they about to go in. I know. Right. I know. They're about to go in. Um, we're going to get into our movie review. The top five is going to come after the movie review. But first, um, two things I want to let you know, ladies and gentlemen. Please, if you're enjoying our show and you want to help the show, I encourage you that wherever you find our show, especially the podcast, please give us a five-star rating and a review, especially if it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, because that helps people find our show. And if you have not yet, please subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube at youtube.com slash Michelle Mission. And if you have already subscribed, feel free to tell a friend. Bring them along. Join the other missionaries and checking out our little show that we enjoy putting on for free every week for you. All right. All right. Now, Vincent, we have a voicemail. Okay. I tell you, this is a show is chock full of. It is. And this voicemail is actually has a little bit something with our review. Okay. So without further ado, let us hear this voicemail. Hi, um, this is Aaron Fry. Um, I have a question before you do your podcast tonight or streaming platform tonight for Honk for Jesus. How did you, either, both, actually both of you, how did you see it? Did you see it via Peacock for streaming or did you see it in the movie theater with an audience. I saw mine in a movie theater with an audience with, I'm going to say, 25% of the people in that movie theater were churchgoers. It was very interesting. (laughs) 
very interesting. If you saw it in a movie theater with some church-going people of a certain age, it it was interesting. Um, I just wanted to know, how, how did you see it? At home, streaming, or in a theater? It, uh, <laughs> it was, um, wow. Just let, let me know or let the missionaries know. Thank you very much. All right. So, yes. Uh, first of all, shout out. Yeah, what's up, Aaron? What's up, Aaron? Who oh, I have to, I have to, to say, I think because of, like the little bit of the snarkiness of his comments mm -hmm. when I read them in the chats and everything, like I always envisioned him sounding like Ed Lover. <laughs> <laughs> that is very specific. I know. I know. But I always envisioned him sounding like Ed Lover. So, like, to hear, like, you know, this lawyer. Yeah. 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 Good evening. Yeah. <laughs> it really took me out. Um, so, how did you take in Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul? I saw it on Peacock, but I wished I would have seen it like Aaron saw it in a movie theater. In the movie theater. Yeah, I actually started to see it in the movie theater, but then we ultimately decided just to stay in the house and enjoy good food. Yeah. And watch it on Peacock. Yeah. Because, you know, we'll talk about this during the review. I do think it is absolutely fascinating how different audiences have responded to this film mm -hmm. and how some audiences went in thinking it was going to be one thing. Yeah. And then realized it was not that thing at all. You know what I always talk about? The um the ads for arachnophobia. Yeah. And they were kinda they were kind of wild and mad cappy. Mm -hmm. And remember it was John Goodman. And then when you went in it, that joint was basically a horror movie. Well, okay, I don't know. Horror movie. I mean but it was it was certainly a different tone. It was a different tone. I feel like kids, people may have took their kids it was a bait and switch. to see arachnophobia in Remember, like the first ten minutes, the the spider comes to America because it has liquefied a corpse on the way. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember the plot detail from Arachnophobia, which came out in 1989 and wasn't that good, but I, I remember it. Do you remember that plot point from Arachnophobia? Nah, a film that came out in 1989. It wasn't really that. <laughs> Not really. Not really. I don't. I don't. I remember being disappointed by Arachnophobia. I remember when the spider came out and, and they showed the, the desiccated but I said, wow, this this is pretty metal right here. This is like something out of a <laughs> something out of a Black Sabbath song. This And the spider runs to America as it goes inside your body. All right. Well, that was worth the price of it. <laughs> right there. You know, I could bring, I could break out the Black Sabbath. This is the yeah. entertainment that we are bringing to you, That's ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> every week for free here on right. the Me Show Mission. Shout out to uh, Raleigh Polly, who just signed up and subscribed on YouTube. Hey, thank you, Raleigh Polly. All right. Okay. And it finds an indigenous spider, and it has spider babies. I'm sorry. May I continue? You, you, you may, you may continue. All right. Let us get into our review of Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. All right. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it.
is gonna chronicle the ultimate comeback. Showtime! I just want to clarify some things before we... before we get started. Every woman is not built for the great responsibility of being a first lady. Pastor Lee Curtis Childs faces allegations of misconduct. His megachurch may never be the same. Lee Curtis and I, we're gonna get to the other side. Here you there. Yeah, with the big old microphone. Come in closer, son. You gonna see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> Showtime. What's up? Oh. Fresh is our turn, baby. Lee Curtis is a talent, a star. Oh, boy. Uh, we can edit around that, right? This is gonna chronicle the ultimate comeback. I'm Rocky up in this fight. <clears throat> Rocky didn't win. But he did win in Rocky too. Lord, baby, how many times I gotta tell you get past the first movie? That was all set up. He is just so wrong. <laughs> he needs someone to harness it all. Oh, bless your heart. I'm sure plenty of the old congregation will come right on back through good old Wanda the Greater Pat's door. <laughs> You have a blessed one. Oh, my goodness. And you have a blessed... I'm a center, but I'm no criminal. We need you back in that pulpit so you can get me back on that stage. You ain't really getting that many babes, baby. Shake it for the Lord. Shake it for the Lord. I said, get it yeah. for the Lord. In my house. For the Lord. All those folks out there who are going to see this, I want them to know that I did what I was supposed to do. I just don't see how that's possible. All, all things are possible with God. That's, oh, that's Matthew 19, 26. Yes, it is. So that's good. Honk for Jesus. Save your soul. 2022 American dark comedy drama mm. written, directed, and produced by Adama Ebo, starring Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown. The synopsis in the aftermath of a huge scandal, Trinity Childs, the first lady of a prominent Southern Baptist megachurch, attempts to help her pastor husband, Lee Curtis Child, rebuild their congregation. This film, which premiered on Peacock um, just two weeks ago, but did have a, a short festival mm -hmm. um, debut, thus making it, you know, apt for review here on the Michelle Mission, um, is a film that has sparked quite a bit of conversation on the internet since its release, and certainly in a uh, conversation within the chats of the hallowed halls of the Michelle mission, all of that conversation led first and foremost by my partner, Vincent Williams, who selected this film. So Vincent, what say you of honk for Jesus, save your soul. Well, first and foremost, the aspect of this film experience that I am probably the least vested in mm -hmm. is honk for jesus save your soul as a critique of the church and specifically the black church okay whether or not you're least that i'm least interested in that i there there's a lot of conversation about who 
Lee Curtis Childs is an analog of who he is referencing, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And while I think that is certainly something that can be a part of the conversation, that is not the part that has drawn me to this film enough that, as you've mentioned, it's been on my mind a lot. Oh, I think Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul is, is quite the film experience. When you talk about everything that goes into what you get as a viewer and as a participant in the experience of honk for Jesus. I think it, it, as you said, leads to conversations. Mm -hmm. I, I think it stays with you. I think it is something that, that, that people are passionate about having something that's been out for a couple of weeks and so on and so forth. Honk for Jesus, save your soul is not a great or perfect film. As you mentioned, this is Adama Ibu's first film. This is a film that was developed. It's actually she and her sister, yeah. the Ibu sisters. They is a short film that was in, developed into this feature film. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a lot about this movie that reflects the Ebos being young filmmakers. Dare I say this is their first feature film. And the first facet of that, of, of, of their, their sort of inexperience, I think is the basic conceit of the film. As you say, uh, as you said, the, the Childs, Lee Curtis Childs and his first lady, Trinity Childs, were the pastor and first lady of a megachurch yeah. in Atlanta. There was a scandal, which we will be talking about freely. It's not really a spoiler. No. I think by my count, about 20, 30 minutes into it, you figure out the extent of what the scandal is. If you don't know what this, if you don't want to know, go watch the movie, come back. We'll be here. Yeah. They are rebuilding and they are they have hired a crew to film a documentary. Mm -hmm. about their countdown to their reopening so that on a superficial level this seems to be a bit like a mockumentary and mockumentaries are tough mm. mockumentaries are tough I, I think many of us got tired of mockumentaries after the office and 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 frankly appropriately enough i think uh, quinta bernson really has shown with abbott elementary that when it's done well, you can still use this format, but it's a difficult format because I think it, it takes a level of discipline to keep to the mockumentary without breaking out because there's some information that as the filmmaker you want in the final film. Mm -hmm. Many mockumentaries are guilty of this. And in fact, the, the wire, the office slipped more than once. So just on that level, as a mockumentary, it doesn't work. Now, you can argue that the film is about the mockumentary, but then there's also a film right. that is going along with the mockumentary. And that is true. The problem is for you to have these dual narratives, we have the mockumentary, 
we have the film that is taking place outside of the mockumentary. And by film, you mean like the, like, the like, real like life, a film, the like the real, real life, life film, right? Like we have the mockumentary, and then there are moments in the in the in the movie where one of the characters says, "You know, cut the cameras," but then the the movie is still going on. Exactly. Right. 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 The problem is, it is very difficult to see which parts of this film are just the film honk for Jesus save your soul and the mockumentary. And I think this is a moment where you see the inexperience of the filmmakers, Mm -hmm. because what I thought of immediately of a film that does it very well is the five bloods where you remember in the five bloods, which had a series of flashbacks Yes. When it flashed back, Spike Lee had this very stark difference in the film stock Mm -hmm. and the film ratio Mm -hmm. to let you know that these parts are taking place in the past. Mm -hmm. This is current time. And I think something like that would have helped a great deal. Just separating the narrative, just on a basic level of the way the film works, separating the mockumentary and the film itself so you have that which depending on how much you're like like it can be confusing it can be confusing i think that they try it by changing the aperture they absolutely try but the and and you're right they do but it's so slight yeah yeah. the difference between and and you know in full disclosure i've broken my rule of of the michelle mission review i've seen this film three times now no. So my third time this afternoon, it was still difficult to pin down which moment is which. So mm-hmm. you have that. Mm-hmm. I think the other big wrinkle that keeps this film from from achieving the status of 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 a great film is the the way the subject matter itself is dealt with as this, again lee curtis childs is 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 a pastor of megachurch he's had a sexual scandal what you come to find out is that he has exhibited this predatory behavior towards young men yes and what is you know i don't even think you can say it's implied i think it's in the text he is a closeted self-loathing homosexual man yep this is really heady stuff. And I think it is a subject matter that could have used a lighter touch with the way it was dealt with. Hmm. For example, there's a moment when the, 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 the documentary crew is following Regina Hall's character, Trinity Childs, and, and they're following her. She's in a mall. She's in a hat shop. And, and the, the, the camera's focused on her. She looks, sees something that upsets her a great deal. In the background, just out of focus, are some young men. Mm -hmm. She becomes visibly upset. Obviously, we have to talk about Regina Hall and her performance. Regina Hall tells you everything you need to know. And this is a moment that when the character Trinity says, stop the camera, if they had stopped the camera, I thought it was enough to let you know what was going on. The film 
instead follows Trinity to the food court where she stares at the boys and really kind of underlines, hey, she's upset about these young men. Mm -hmm. My favorite scene in the film with Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown has this amazing scene with the sound man. Yeah. Who is working for the documentary crew. And the sound man is 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 his target. And you, what you realize is that this character, Lee Childs, is a predator and you see him moving on this young man who's not that young. Come to find out he's 26. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, you know, he's out, which I think is very important mm-hmm. because he's not hidden. You know, he's not closeted. So, but it's a wonderful scene. But then you contrast it with a sex scene between Trinity and um and Lee Curtis in bed. And there and, and, and Trinity initiates sex and Lee Curtis flips her over and she says, I want to do it the regular way. And you know, the implication is he either wants to just have sex from the back or he wants to have anal sex. And they might as well hold up a clipboard that says, Hey, look, Lee Curtis is gay. He doesn't want to have heterosexual sex with his wife. And it's just really broad. Okay. And again, I think it's unnecessary because there's enough there to eat as a viewer. Tonally, it's kind of hard to nail down. It's funny that Aaron Fry talked about being in a theater with churchgoers. And then I do think there there was a bit of 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 miscommunication between the advertising and the film itself, where I thought, I think some of the advertising, you thought it was going to be kind of a comedy and even your description of it. What did you call it? A comedy satire yeah. drama with dark comedy, with dark comedy satire. There are moments in this film that are hilarious. There are moments in this film that I don't think are supposed to be hilarious. Maybe they're satire. There are moments in this film that are serious and you never quite figure out tonally across the board what this film is supposed to be. And while certainly a film can have various tones and a film can have various, you you know, sort of sort of um, pull from different genres. Yeah. I think it takes a surer hand to kind of keep it all straight. So as a film, I think Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Well, it's it's very much, it, it seems like if, if you had shown this to me, I would have said, oh, this seems like this is their first film. Having said that, the performances in this film, like like if I if I take away from them because of the direction, I think the performances are from good to amazing. Mm. Confidence plays Keon Sumpner, mm. who is the rival preacher. And I like him. Like, I think, you know, I kind of feel sorry for him because in a lot of the scenes, 
that he's in is like him, Nicole Bahari, Sterling K. Brown, and Regina Hall. And it's like the old Sesame Street. So I was like, one of these he's things is not like that. Yeah. But I think he does okay. Like, yeah. like I liked him. That damn Nicole Bahari. Yeah, boy. She, so is this our second or third film? Because she was in Miss Juneteenth. I think this may be, if, if it's not, if she's done more, this is the second most prominent outside of uh, Miss Juneteenth. This is not a big role. No. This is not a big role. She's in maybe three scenes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That damn Nicole Bahari. No joke. Is not here to play with y'all. Nope. As a co-pastor, Shakura Sumner mm. of the up and coming church that is the rival of of um Lisa um of uh, Lee Curtis and Trinity's church. Yeah, and and their church I believe is called Wander to Greater Paths. That's the the the, the child the child's church child's church. Um, whereas Keon and Shakura's church is Heaven's Home. Heaven's Home. And as a young, up-and-coming co-pastor who has been able to navigate the limitations of gender mm-hmm. in a way that Trinity has not, mm-hmm. Nicole Bahari is the truth. Yeah. She is the absolute truth. Yeah, yeah in that she stands in equal with her Absolutely. pastor husband. Again, with not that much screen time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a weird relationship with Sterling K. Brown. Like, I love Sterling K. Brown, but you realize, or at least I realize, like, I love Sterling K. Brown, but I don't engage with him in what he's best known for, which, which is, is This Is Us. Right. You know, I could never get over the, the, the different strokes hump of it. Like, you know, this little right. indigent black child adopted by these white people. And, you know, I know they, oh, that's not what happened. Yeah, I know. I've had the This Is Us conversation. The point is, I don't really engage with him like that. Mm-hmm. But I love him in every single thing that I've seen him in. I think he is a phenomenal actor. But I've also noticed over the years, like when you watch interviews with him and even on that mediocre episode of Saturday Night Live that he hosted a couple of years ago, I knew Sterling K. Brown was funny. I don't know what they paid Sterling K. Brown, but he needs to pay it back and give them money as well. No one is enjoying themselves in this film (laughs) as much as Sterling K. Brown, as Lee Curtis Child, the head pastor, slightly delusional. Mm, A little bit more than slightly self-loathing predatory mm-hmm. preacher he is peacocking he is joking as a physical com- uh, comedian sterling k brown is fantastic dancing and moving and doing all his thing but like i said this is sterling k brown so there are moments where the mask slips mm-hmm and you see what's underneath mm. all of this, the preacher and the Prada with the Bugatti, like it slips. My Bugatti. And he is amazing. Like I said, the scene where you see him circling the sound man. Yeah. Who's 26 mm-hmm. and in a committed relationship with his boyfriend. So again, I'm a grown man, but I'm also a proud gay man. 
and you see Lee Child circling him and trying to pull him in, you understand what it must have been like for him to pray on a 18, 19 year old who's confused and looking for mentorship. Yeah. So Sterling K. Brown is amazing. But look, man, you, you, everybody know where I'm going with this. Like everybody know where I'm landing. We all know where you're going. Everybody knows. <sighs> I love Regina Hall so much. I love her so much. I think she is infinitely talented. I think she does everything. And and um, I've not seen everything that she's in. So I, I can't be super declarative. But if there's a better showcase for her talents than this film, I haven't seen it. Regina Hall. Well, we know she's hilarious. Yeah. We know she's hilarious. Her physical performance in here, there are moments where she is hilarious. Her face. Mm-hmm. When Lee Charles, when Lee Curtis says things and you see the look on her face, she's absolutely hilarious. Um, you know, everyone, talk, of course, talks about the scene, the crime mob scene where the two of them rap knuck if you buck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing. And just watching her portray this woman who is shackled in this world. And it's it's cracking and she's trying to deal with it. And and what does it mean? And, you know, culminating in that scene at the end where she has the gospel mime. And it is an extraordinary moment. And again, in full disclosure, if I've seen this film three times, I've watched that scene probably eight times. Wow. Because it's hilarious. It's sad. It's absurd. It's infuriating. Seeing Trinity Childs on the side of that road with that mind makeup on to never could have made it mm-hmm. is just everything. And then she gets this wonderful monologue where she talks about being the first lady and what that takes and what that means and, and what she has sacrificed and what she has done until finally, and, and we, we talked about this, earlier, but it's, it's my, it's, it's like my favorite moment in the scene. Like it, it lands on, you know, because the, the, the doc, the documentary maker has asked her, why don't you just leave Lee Curtis? Cause we've now watched this whole film of, of, of just the humiliation and everything that she's gone through. Utter dysfunction of that relationship. And she tells her in the midst of all of this, this is my church and that is my husband and I kill him before I leave him. And there's a moment, there's two seconds after that where it's all in Regina Hall's eyes, where she realizes what she said. She said too much. Mm-hmm. Like she said too much. And it's a beautiful moment because then she wipes her face because she still has on the mind makeup and the beautiful thing about it is she wipes off that one mask so that she can put the real mask back on so that this film has flaws like like if you came if you thought i was gonna fight you because i know you about to like i see you over there sharpening your butcher knife (laughs) 
this film absolutely has flaws as a film. Mm-hmm. But I think the performances transcend any of the shortcomings of this film as a film so that, again, I think this is an amazing experience. See, that's interesting because that is runs completely counter to my experience with the film, which I told you after the first time I watched it and you were incredulous about how I could feel that way because I said I cannot knock the performances in this movie yet I'm not sure I enjoyed the film itself. Mm-hmm. And you were like, well, if you didn't, if you liked the performances, how could you not like the movie? And you hadn't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, watch it, watch it, and, and, and you'll see. Because you're right. The performances in this film are amazing. Yes, we kneeled, we have knelt uh long and often here on the mission at the altar that is the gift to the world that is regina hall regina hall can do everything full stop she just she just 100 can and unlike the the person who i always also herald here on the on the mission, Tisha Campbell, Regina Hall is given the opportunity to do everything. She's funny, she's been in, she's been she's headed the comedies, she's dramatic, she's been in dramatic films, she's actually been in a horror film that she's the best thing in the movie. Um and in and and here she is able to pull off the tone that this movie wants to set. It it does want to be a dark comedy. It does want to be a satire. It does want to look at this world of the, the mega churches and specifically, I think first and foremost, the role of the, the first lady in these settings and kind of turn a, a critical eye to them because the reason because like you said this story kind of alludes to other scandals that people uh, that are out there um there's no type of text that points one way or another to any of them so that's why i'm just leery on bringing any of them up sure but the fact of the matter is though the familiarity of what is happening here regardless of which scandal you you choose they all got these same kind of like same points, you know, mm-hmm. especially in regards to how the first lady of the church has to reconcile. Right. With all of that, um, reconcile with how she's dealing with it, reconcile in her role, reconcile to a degree, her own in her mind, maybe culpability mm-hmm. in, 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 in her part in facilitating these scandals, even the scandals that you, that are put on display here. Um, And Regina Hall has it all. She pulls it all off in this film. You were talking about the sex scene, which maybe lands a little hard as far as story-wise. Maybe it's kind of like, you know, like really like driving this point home, like, yeah, 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 he's gay. But, um, and, and, and I can't knock you on that, 
but her performance in that scene. Sure. Especially how that scene ends mm-hmm. and the look on her face. Like, I can't knock that scene just for that. Mm. Um, and also I think that it it while I could I hear what you're saying, I also kind of like the idea of that being a window into the world of these relationships that we're not privy to, mm-hmm. you know? So I, uh, I, I'm fine with it being there. Sterling K. Brown, you know, I, I enjoy him and everything. I, I too don't watch This Is Us, but I've heard good things and I've, I've seen him in other things be great in other things. So I imagine he's great in that. And he is, you're right. He is having a ball in his first, in this, in this movie. Now, the reason why he should give back whatever he was paid for this is because while he is having a ball in this, this movie is also an audition for Sterling K. Brown to be the next great black superhero. (laughs) I was unaware. Look, I ain't going to even front. I'm a little conflicted. <laughs> There's a scene where Sterling K. Brown, as the pastor Childs, you know, I guess is filled with the Holy Ghost or something. Well, put a pin in that. Go ahead. And begins to, well, he doesn't begin. He disrobes. Yes, he does. In the church. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it is an uncomfortable moment for the hilarious five congregants yeah. of this church. Put a pin in that. But it's an uncomfortable moment for a host of the Michelle Mission as well. Because I'm like, oh. Look. <laughs> I didn't. I, I, Look. This is not the Sony K. Brown that I was advertised. I think you can shred cheese. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I did not know there was such a thing as a 12 pack. Yeah, look. <laughs> Just look. And he obviously was like, in case you missed that scene. Well, I think, yeah. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Let me shoot some basketballs. <laughs> I will point out when he yells down to his mother in law, Y'all eating biscuits? I was like, You don't eat. You ain't eating no biscuit, you don't brother. Eat biscuits. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. Mm-mm. I'm glad you talked about the basketball. Put a pin in. Go ahead. Um, so yeah, I, I was feeling a little uncomfortable, but yes, he is having a ball in this mm-hmm. movie. He's having, he's having a great time. His performance is, is on point and he is without putting names to it. He is every one of those pastors. Yeah, look, every single one. And I know because I used to go to one of those churches and I used to see one of, and easy. I used to have one of those pastors. Okay. Oh, people don't know what church. All right. Said. Easy. Um, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, and he he was a three dollar version of these passes. Sure, but um, he was he was trying to be one of these passes. Yeah, and he 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 spot on. Mm-hmm. And from the look, from the whole you know prosperity, you mm-hmm. know uh, religion or whatever, to the self loathing, it is mm. all there, and it is it is it's all one hundred percent there. Confidence, great. Nicole Bahari, look, I will, I will sign up for her for anything. Yeah, 
Uh, somebody give this woman a series. Yeah, well, she had a series and they took it from her. Well, I know. Yeah. I, I know. Trust right. me, I know. And yeah. I wasn't mad because she, they put her in bad wigs. Yeah. But um, somebody, get, I don't sign up for a movie series. Like yeah. I would, I would love to see like Heaven Home. Make this a series. Yeah. Like I, I am, I am with, I, I am with Nicole Bahar. Mm-hmm. So the performances are great. What takes me out of the movie? You, you talk about that sex scene. The idea and the idea of this movie being a mockumentary, right? Mm-hmm. And and the movie is definitely trying to put trying to have his cake and eat it too because it's a mockumentary, but yes, you're also catching them in quote unquote real life as well, right? You know, you know, uh, when the cameras are are off, you're supposed to, right? The problem with that conceit is that. One, the conceit is gone for long pieces of the movie. Mm-hmm. There are long yep. stretches of the film where, where the cameras, where, and 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 the thing is, is that they tell you that the cameras are supposed to be like a fly on the wall. Well, there are moments where there are no flies on the wall. The camera is not there at all, and if and the camera should be there. There are scenes where it, it's supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. If, if that's what the conceit is, mm-hmm. there's no reason for it not to be. There's a scene where he is giving, cause the, the whole idea is that he's going to be opening up this church and reopening up this church in like about two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And he's doing a practice sermon inside the church with just Trinity um, as taking it in. Why aren't the cameras there? Right. The cameras aren't there. There's absolutely no reason for the cameras not to be there. Um, and then the, the the film, like I said, tried to have its cake and eat it too. There's moments where it flips from the camera's viewpoint to mm-hmm. we're supposed to be like real life. And, and a lot of those moments happen within a scene. Okay, fine. If, like you said, the actual film stock changes the aperture changes meaning that the black bars move from being on the side to being top to bottom right but the film stock doesn't really change if it does it's extremely slight and that's very subtle and which you just said yeah but even more to the point the worst part of it is is that yeah sometimes the aperture change but the angle of the camera doesn't change. Right. I, I was well. I was going to say it's not consistent. Yeah, and 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 that is incon- inconsistent, especially because there are moments where, if the camera changes, it's so much strong. It 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 would enhance the scene. Yeah. There's a moment where they are, you know, rallying for people to come to their church on the sidewalk before the miming. Mm-hmm. And she's out there with the sign, honk for Jesus, honk for Jesus. And there's a moment where she notices that across the street, there's a young girl that is just videotaping her. Mm-hmm. And the young girl's not doing anything. She's not saying anything to her. All she's doing is standing there and she is videotaping her. And we see her like looking at the girl. But we also see standing behind her is the camera. Right. And we never see that scene from the camera's point of view. Exactly. And it absolutely makes no sense that we're not, because it's, it actually is a more powerful scene 
if the camera is as the fly on the wall, it's taking that in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then there's another scene where she runs up against somebody in the, uh, somebody comes walking by her and they get into a, a screaming, cursing argument and the camera technically is all up in there. Yeah. And it makes no sense that you wouldn't have cut, a, cut away from that. It's so, it's just so many moments where, you know, again, like you said, a, a, a more sure hand, a more experienced hand, um, playing at this really makes a little bit more better storytelling choices yeah with that and and i have to be honest and i've seen i haven't watched this film three times i've watched it twice every time i watched it those choices took me out of the movie Hmm. They, they because i because i wanted to buy into the not so much the mockument, not so much the mockumentary of it. I just wanted to buy into the fly on the wall, Be- right? Because the mocking nature of it, as the film moves along and becomes a little bit more, the 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 tone of the film becomes a little bit more serious. Um, as one, the scandal is played out. Um, as and as you begin to see the cracks becoming more and more visible mm-hmm. in Trinity's character. Um, these cracks that are symbolized by a tambourine mm-hmm. that you hear um, that is increasingly becoming more and more cognizant mm-hmm. uh, in, in some of these scenes, uh, which is the sound cue, which is an interesting sound cue, is a fun sound cue. Uh, I see what they're trying to do with it, but I also think it's just, a, again, just a, another idea too much that you don't necessarily need. Well, I, th- I, 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 I think, I think this is a film that was more interested in the story than the craft itself. Fair enough. Where, where, where basically everything that we said about whether we're talking about the, the camera angles, whether they're talking about the division between the mockumentary and the film, even the, the, the tambourine, which we like, we've had a tambourine conversation for a week because I think it's, yeah. I think it's there figuring out the significance of the tambourine, mm-hmm. but I don't think, I think we are careful viewers. And as careful viewers, I think we had to work too hard to pull out the tambourine, for instance. I think it, you just said it, and this speaks to tone. I think it's a really small needle to thread dealing with some of the aspects of this church culture. I, I think. You, you know, it starts out with him in the suits and, 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 you know, as we mentioned, the peacocking and it's almost like it's played for laughs. But as you said, this is not that far off no. at all from Real reality. No, yeah. It, Gospel mime is an actual thing so that you have to, you, I think you really need to, you you almost need to have an outlined 
of how I'm going to approach this. Like, am I going to approach this as, as, as you, you know, what, what I would ar- argue it needed a lighter touch and you just kind of touch on it or am I going full righteous gemstones? Okay. okay. Where it's just a farce. farce. Like there's a moment where, where Lee Childs uh, basically blesses a young girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to her saying, I love the theater. And I thought that's that's too much. Like you can't like either you're going to mock it. And if you're going to mock it again, go full righteous gemstones and we're going to mock it or it's going to be a lighter touch and you're going to critique, but you don't need things like, oh, I sure do love the theater. And 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 and, you know, one of the five remaining parishioners talks about at her old church somebody was involved with orgies where they had them crawling around on their legs on their hands and knees like a horse yeah like you can't have it both ways now and and let me just say this i do think there are subtle moments or subtle touches that work you mentioned lee curtis and in in sterling k brown's body but i think that is part of his shtick Oh, like, certainly. I think that's what he most does. Certainly. Yeah. And, and, and speaking to that moment where he blesses the little girl. It made me uncomfortable him that close to her. Mm. You see him touch people twice that aren't Trinity. He touches a little girl where he kind of blesses her, kind of gives her the spirit, you know, puts the spirit. I mean, like reach out and touch. reaches out and touches her. And then he touches the sound man. Yeah. Where he reaches out and touching the sound man, touch he touches his face. touches his face and talks about he has so much scruff on his face. Mm-hmm. Talks about how he can moisturize, right? But to me, it's the same. Those movements come from the same place. Like this is a predator. Like I almost wish this character wasn't a closeted homosexual. Like I almost wish. He's just a straight predator. He's just a predator. And, you know, again, not to speak to like, like everybody listening to this has Google. It doesn't take much. Like if you know five big preachers, two or three of them have had issues with younger women. You know, legally, they were women. Sometimes they weren't legally women. Mm -hmm. So that I like the way that this character used his body as part of his, you know, his, his sort of weaponry, if you will. Uh, Aaron Fry actually pointed out, uh, excuse me, uh, Alana uh, uh, or Elena um, or Alana. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've been told I've been saying her name incorrectly. Okay. Uh, so I apologize. Uh, mentioned that Regina King mentioned in an interview that she had her whole boob out and nobody noticed. I, it I saw that interview because, because everybody was staring at Sterling. Everybody you know. Sterling. I gotta be honest. I never noticed. Yeah. Oh no. They didn't make it to the final cut. Oh okay. yeah. She said, but like no one caught it until the end. Oh. There are two scenes that I, I, I really have to celebrate the script and, and you know, it's the script or the performance, but, and of course, both of them are with Regina Hall, Regina Hall and sister Donetta at the oh, mall yeah, at the mall. Yeah. And the passive aggression, mm. almost aggressive aggression between these two church women. Yeah. Yeah. That was that it was, was glorious. That was gold. Also glorious is the scene where the childs go and ask the Sumpners 
to change the date of their opening. Again, another scene, where are the cameras? Where are the cameras? Look, I got to tell you, I ain't really care about the cameras. Because well, watching Nicole Bahari and Regina Hall work was, I, I, look, they could have had the camera in the back somewhere and just played the audio. Mm. I loved that script so much in that moment and 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 you you know again i think i think there are parts of this film that i adored but you know as as you know i can't argue against the film as a film and 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 the shortcomings if you will yeah, like one of the things that really bothered me, and it's is a, it's a storytelling thing. You you talked about the mall scene, and definitely definitely the scene with Sister Donetta is 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 great. I love it. But you talked about the scene where she sees the the boys mm-hmm. there, right? The young men, young men, the young men. Yes, because the film, you know, makes, makes sure a point. That, that makes a point that you know his his relationships with have been with young men right and that there is an argument whether or not how consensual it is definitely predatory well he did i did not break the law yeah like he says yeah i'm not a crook you know people to, um, look man everybody listening to this knows of some kind of scandal like this is the language a lot of these dudes use. Yeah, well, of course. He was 18, she was 19. Yeah. These were yeah. grown people. Yeah. You know, I love the fact the first thing he says to the sound man, how do you have to be to get a gig like this? 19? Yeah, because he's 20. He's just checking. Right. He's checking the stats. He's checking the stats. Um, but that scene where she sees the the young men. The young men in the mall. Um, and then is they're staring at them. You're led to believe, or at least I am. Mm-hmm. You're led to believe because there, there seems to be like there are more than one circumstance that she, they've had to deal with. Right, right. There are five people that they they have to pay off, and by the end, four have taken the payoff. Right. You're led to you're led to believe that one of the young men. It's one of the young men. Sure. But you're never told that. No, you're not. You're not. At the end of the film, one of the young men, who we learn is the the young man that did not take the deal. Exactly. Shows up on the street corner where they're, where she's doing the mining. Yeah. To confront the child and specifically Pastor Lee. This is our first time seeing this guy. Mm-hmm. And while I think it quickly becomes apparent who he is and then his name is dropped so we realize he's the guy that didn't take the deal and all this other type of stuff. It then calls into question, well, what was the scene before where she's just looking at young men right because it certainly is not the first time she's seen young men right so and and at that at the moment that she sees the young men is she is she says in her happy place 
She's shopping for church hats. Beth, she, she was found bonnets. a church hat that she likes, which I actually thought she looked looked great on her as a crown, even though <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 different. It's, it's Regina Hall. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken. Um, but she's in her happy place. Mm-hmm. So while I understand maybe seeing some, like like you said, if you see a young man in your rear view, and maybe it brings to mind everything, right? And it cuts. Right. Then you're left with, okay, maybe that just reminds you of like, oh, what you're dealing right. with. Right. It's, and it's it's vague. And it's vague. Yeah. And it's cool. Right. You can fill it in as the viewer. But but because she then sits there mm-hmm. and is staring at them. Right. Right. And the film leads you to believe that these are important figures. Yes. The, and, and there's no payoff. Of right. It. It, that again, to me, that's where it, it's just trying to do too much. I agree, and 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 it really bothered, and it, thus it took me out of the movie. Mm-hmm. It 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 just took me out of like again. There's a it's talking about when they are talking to their lawyer about the settlements, and the child say, you know, hey, to the documentarians, can y'all step out because we got to take this call. They step out, eventually. They take the call. You don't see them taking the call, but you hear the call from their point of view. Right. Which leads you to believe that the documentarians, if nothing else, had a mic up to the door. I was about to door. say, left a mic in there yeah, or ladded like, up to the door. Right. right. And you figure it must be through the door because there definitely is a muffle. Yeah. So it's not like the mic was in there because it would have been like a hot mic. But, but so you hear that. You hear the conversations from their point of view. Okay, that's a documentarian, you know, trying to adhere to this, you know, fly on the wall mm-hmm. type of edict that they that they've set down. Fair, but that's why the then the cameras are so you know conspicuous when they're not in other scenes. It, it it is not consistent, you know, and that just kept taking me one hundred percent out of the movie. And as much as, and because of that, while the fissures in Regina Hall's character show throughout this film, I ultimately land that I don't think it lands as hard as it wants to, because I keep taking, I, I keep losing track of it. Oh yeah, I I I I agree all the way up to that point. Like I really do think, well, like I said, you, you know, I I think every, everything with with the film and and the consistency of the filmmaking and the storytelling itself was not enough to pull me out of not just Regina Hall, mm. but these performances in general. You know, I guess at this point, that's it's just a, your mileage may vary. vary. Like, like I very much agree with you, mm. but it, but it was not enough to like. Like, I really did think Sterling K. Brown and and Regina Hall were a wonder and a joy. That every time I thought about something like what we're talking about, you, you know, Regina, they were doing "Knock If You Buck" or "Great Scene," or you know, talking about the Rocky movies. Or, or, or she's telling her mother just very off the cuff. Oh yeah, I slipped into Ambien. No, no, no. He likes that, and and just just Regina Hall's 
every like I almost at at certain points as almost a one woman show. It is a one woman show because you brought up the mother, and I have to say I was very surprised at her mother's response to her coming to her mom for to you know to uh, for a shoulder i was zero i was zero surprised like that i've i've known many women in situations like this and their husbands weren't multi-million near preachers Mm -hmm. like i don't get the sense he was hitting her i don't get the sense that he was cheating on her with another woman yeah, I know a lot, and I, I think a lot of women would disagree with you that she, her mother would tell her to run to the Bible and stay with your husband, cleave to your husband. It's a lot of use of the word cleave. Wait a minute. So you were surprised that she went to her mother and her mother said, Stay and pray on it. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't surprised by that at all. Really? That was the least surprising part of the, you know what the most surprising part of this film was? Right. The fact that they said that everybody left the church and it was only five members. Well, yeah, that makes sense. That's that makes zero sense. And again, not to pull in real world situations similar to this, but there's not a real world scandal that has happened in the mega church, black or white, in the past twenty years that everybody left. <laughs> it got down to five kind. Right, like they had twenty five thousand members. I'm a like, and this was with men, like the scandal was with men. I'm gonna give you fifteen thousand. Like I'm feeling generous of 15, your thousand with fifteen thousand left. Like you had twenty five thousand. There's a scandal with you and some young men. Fifteen thousand left, but ten thousand stayed. And I I bet my left arm on that. Yeah, I can see that. So, you know, this notion that, oh, my goodness, 25, I mean, 24,995 people said this, this is too much. We are leaving. I said, nah, that's science fiction. Very true. But yeah, her her mother telling her to stay with him, that didn't surprise me at all. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's go to just a couple of the, the comments before we... we get out of here uh alana alena alena i'll say pick one stick to it alena well i I had to check all right to make sure i i I wanted to choose right all right because from what i understand this will this will count against me in a court of law Uh, (laughs) alena said when you what you saw when he touched people is honestly how every girl has felt in her lifetime as we call it, creepy old man. Yeah, I I hear you, but I feel like there are a lot of, I'll say men in authority. Mm -hmm. I won't say clergy. Like, I'll even take it out of religion. I think there are a lot of men in authority that bypass boundaries because they are in authority. And certainly once you bring God into it, like I'm a man in authority and I've been authorized by God. I think that happens. And and I thought the film talking about something it did right. I thought it captured that. Like even him stripping down like that, where you got the sense he and 
Trinity had talked about. He, mm-hmm. you know, he was going to get rebaptized. But you see on her face when she opens her eyes, she like I don't think anyone planned for him to be in his underwear. No, like that yeah, up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who Lee Curtis is. Yeah. Um, Camellia says that it's not surprising because in regards to the mother, because the mother never left her husband yeah. and feels if she suffered, then her daughter can suffer too. That's true. That is mm-hmm. a good point. Mm-hmm. That is a very good point. Um, well, she, she actually said when she stopped running to the Bible, when she said when he was in the grave, I know, which I connect to Trinity said, I kill him before I leave him. And then her eyes start flashing. And then it cuts to Sterling Lee Brown. And for a second, I think he realizes what actually is happening. What, oh, could, yeah. like, like, what are the implications of what she's saying? And then he's right back to Lee Curtis. Yeah, but she, but he, he puts her, she puts him in his place, like at the end of the film. Oh, yeah. When he tries to come at her at her hat again. I, th- I think he's still delusional, though. Like the last thing he says, oh, they coming to see Lee Curtis. Yeah. They coming to see me. Uh, Toya Haynes. Hey, Toya. Our, our, our lovely social media um, director said that he also touched the He sure did. That spoke to him outside. I was not sure where that was going. I was going to say that, but their touching was an embrace, even right, though right. it was a, it was a long embrace. And you, I think Toya's right. Like you didn't know what is happening here. Uh, Toya says it was a long, yeah. long embrace. You can watch this movie and chart Lee Curtis touching people mm. besides his wife. Yeah, very true. <laughs> like his wife he has the least intimacy with in their touch. Yeah. 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 So would you recommend that people see Hope for Jesus, Savior? I absolutely would. I absolutely would. Um, Again, I think Nicole Bahari, it it was such a treat to see her. I didn't know she was in it. Me neither. I didn't know she was going to be in it. And then when she was in it, like I said, she didn't just show up to grab a check. Mm -hmm. Nicole Bahari is great. Sterling K. Brown is fantastic. Again, if all you know of Sterling K. Brown is as a very serious actor, this this is a different Sterling K. Brown for a lot of this. And 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 yeah, Regina Hall is everything. Regina Hall is everything in this film. From from the banter about Rocky, and Rocky didn't win to her looking out and being distracted regardless of how far the scene goes when she sees the boys to knock if you buck mm-hmm. i love her little stumble run out of the room to turn the, the fountain on yeah 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 the gospel mime is is everything is in there i actually like the aggression she has when lee curtis is doing the practice Oh, I, see, that's the that's another reason why I why aren't the cameras there? Well, like I said, I ain't, I ain't even give a damn about the cameras oh, because okay. you know her saying she, when she said, "Oh, are you finished?" I said, "Oh, somebody got a little it's a little steel mm-hmm. in her spine with that." To you know, again, the, the yeah, I think I, I think just for Regina Hall, you absolutely should see this. But oh, yeah. there is more than Regina Hall. There is more than Regina Hall, um, but this this might be this might be um, 
honestly, and you know, it, it remains to be seen. This may be my cousin Vinny all over again. Fun movie, good enough a movie, yet there's a performance in there that, believe it or not, won an Academy Award. Yeah. And I don't know whether or not I could say this movie is one of the best movies of the year, but <laughs> I'm hard-pressed to think of a better performance. Yeah than hers i'm frustrated because i know the eyes that give out those kind of awards they're not going to see they are not going to watch this no they're not they're not they're not going to give this a serious consideration yeah she is phenomenal and as much as and i'm well i'll say me i won't put your name in this as much as i champion this film and i think there are lots of voices championing this film i think there are a lot of voices black voices speaking against this film you know what so I, that i think a year from now unfortunately this film's going to get lost maybe um first of all i would recommend that people see this film sure i would um for the conversation like you said th that to be fair we didn't even really engage in because we didn't want to we didn't want to go there right um I mean, we're I, film pro we're, we're, podcast, film yeah. we're focusing on the fucking on the film but i i think that, but i think those conversations are are rife for discussion um but just as a as a movie i think it's uneven but the performances i can't knock it and for the questions that it does bring up hey that's what movies are supposed to do sure you know, so while it's an uneven debut from the Evo sisters, I champion them and I eagerly await their next um, uh, venture. Uh, Adama is the director and I think Adana is the mm. producer. Hey, look, you, you said it real off the cuff a few minutes ago, a, a spinoff slash sequel about confidence in nicole bahari characters church so i was being facetious we don't need a sequel for them. we don't need them we don't need to see them again. i could very much watch or like in the series or or just watch them develop something i caught today and i don't want to go too far in the weeds so 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 the curtis's plan on opening on easter Mm -hmm. But then come to find out that the Sumpners are opening the same day. Yes. And they're, the Curtises are concerned that the Sumpners, because they're the new hotshot preachers, and they are concerned they're that they're going to steal their thunder. So they go and they have a confrontation. The Sumpners, of course, say, we're not going to change our date. So then the Curtises change their date and open a week earlier. Right. But come to find out by the end, the Sumpners have also changed their date. To it. So they do end up opening on the same date. And my initial read of it was that the Sumpners caught wind that the Curtises were going to open and they deliberately opened on the same day to take their to take their um take the shine. Take their shine. Today when I watched it, and I don't know if confidence is a good enough actor to convey what I picked up and maybe I'm just team Nicole Bahari. I got the sense that Nicole Bahari's character knew that the um, Curtis's were opening and she put it into her husband's head because there's a look on his face where, where he says, Oh, I, yeah, I didn't know they were opening today where I was like, 
did he not know for real? And then she absolutely knew. So again, I might be putting too much on it. This, but I kind like I love the push and pull. I love the push and pull between those two characters. Where now she's a co-pastor, but you know she's still a woman. That's interesting because I had the exact same read. Did you? I had the exact same read, and I got it from the first move. First, first time I saw it. I'm so busy staring at Nicole Bahari, I need to see it. <laughs> I got the exact same read that she knew. But she didn't tell him. She didn't tell so she, him. So she talked him into, you know what? Let's give them yeah, a day. That's what I got this and, afternoon. And she, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want to see more of that dynamic? I, it, you know, sure. But I'm, I, I'd be fine with not exploring it. I just like that little, I, I, I like that little bit. I, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. All right. I'm good. But yes, I'm also looking forward to the Ebo sisters adding their voice to the chorus. Yes. All right. Before we get out of here real quick. All right. Because I promised it mm-hmm. and, and I worked on it and I made graphics. So we're doing it. So um, <laughs> top five. Now I saw somebody saying that they don't like top fives. Who said that? Somebody in the chat. My goodness. Um, and I actually think that it may have been, I don't want to, I don't want to put a uh, well. Don't don't you got to put my goodness. Well, no, because now you asked me so, and I want. I, <laughs> I actually didn't ask. Did I? You said who said that? Yeah, spit my word. It was out. Elena. Oh my goodness gracious! Maybe mad because I got a name wrong the other. There week. you go. She said that I never like top five anything. There's too many genres, actors, actresses, and generations. Not fair to any one movie. <laughs> All right, well, then turn off your, your <laughs> computer, Elena. Good night, Elena. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs> top five. Who's your top five? My top five is. All right, tonight's top five, top five Vincent, and this is just for you. Just for me. Just for you. Because we we reviewed Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul. We did. At your shouted request. I did. So, in order of what I think you would choose. Okay. These are the top five, Mm -hmm. in ascending order, soul movies that we haven't reviewed. Okay. Okay. So, starting from the, the one one that you would least want to review to the one I want to review the most. Right. All right. All right. These are soul movies. All right. Soul movies. <laughs> Vincent doesn't <laughs> can't wait to review. Number five. Number five. Soul Men with um yeah. the late Bernie Mac and Samuel L. Jackson and the late Isaac Hayes. Yeah. It's actually been shortlisted. From 2008. Yeah, we like we've talked about reviewing that a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Looking forward to that conversation. You are. It's a dumb movie. I know. Yeah, it's dumb. No, it yeah. looks dumb. Yeah. All right. It looks dumb. I think they're like old singers. That they are get back together. Get, that's a, that's that is the entire plot. That's the entire problem. Yeah. Number four. Number four. Soul movies. Soul to Soul from 1971. I have no idea what this is. I didn't think that you would, Vincent, but this is a movie that I know that you would want to review. Soul to Soul from 1971. Tina Turner? No. 
It is a documentary. Okay. About the Independence Day concert in Ghana in 1971. Nice. It features an array of American R&B, soul, rock, and jazz musicians. Nice. Um, Are you sure that's not Tina Turner? Including Wilson Pickett, James Brown, Booker T and the MJs, Louis Armstrong, Marion Williams, and... Uh oh no no the, those were those were the ones that they couldn't get I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love Wilson Pickett? Well, he's not here. <laughs> but but James Brown did did perform did perform. Um, the uh, I can Tina Turner. I was gonna say that's clearly Tina Turner, the staple singer. Why are you gaslighting me? Like I'm making me think I'm crazy. Santana. Oh, nice. Roberta Flack. Well, that's not that's a nice lineup. The nice nice lineup, right? Yeah. Right. So I know that that is a film that you would you would want to review. Absolutely. All right. So Soul to Soul from 1971. Uh, yes, and I'd want to review that more than Soul Men. So so far so good. All right. Number All right. three. Number three. Thunder Soul. I love Thunder Soul from 2010. Now, yeah. for those that don't know what Thunder Soul mm-hmm. is, Thunder Soul is another documentary. Yes, sir. Uh, with featuring narration by Jamie Foxx, who also produced it, also produced it. Uh, it the synopsis of the film: a former Kashmir high school graduate returns home after 35 years mm-hmm. to play a tribute concert for his beloved band leader, who during the 70s turned the struggling jazz band into a world class funk powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Have you seen? Did you see? No, I was. Oh. Thunder Soul is amazing. I'm not aware of this. I'm and everyone who's listening to me, if you haven't seen it, A, see it. B, download the soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah. Thunder Soul is that work. Okay. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Mm-hmm. So, so I know. So far, you, I can't wait to see because you, you killing it right now. All right. Now. All right. There are only two soul movies only that you will want to review. Right, right. More. More. Than Thunder Soul soul to soul and soul men right i know it's not soul plane because we actually reviewed that yeah i already reviewed that. all right so it's not hanging over my head but number two number two is body of soul (laughs) from 1981 (laughs) starring (laughs) 70s power couple (laughs) leon isaac and jane kennedy Now, <laughs> this film, which is a remake of a 1947 <laughs> film of the same name, features Leon Isaac Kennedy as, wait for it, <laughs> a boxer. Wait, isn't that penitentiary? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Who plans to study medicine? <laughs> He's going to be a med- medicine clinician. But because his ailing sister is in need of costly care, he decides to earn a living in the ring. As one does. His rise is rapid, but his newly extravagant lifestyle threatens his relationship with his girlfriend, Julie, Mm. played by Jane Kennedy. Played by Jane Kennedy, that's right. Have you ever seen Body and Soul? I'm pretty sure I did see it back in its day. It is terrible. It is very terrible. (laughs) And yet... 
It is a film that I know you can't wait to review. <laughs> We're going to have a ball. <laughs> We're going to have a ball with body and soul. Body and soul is terrible. <laughs> oh, all right. I cannot wait to see. What is, There's only one soul there's movie. Only one soul movie left. that you, Vincent, <laughs> me. This I is, guarantee this is, you. Guarantee. You're gonna have you gonna have to come strong. You're going because you four for four right there now. There's nothing stronger <laughs> than the soul of nigger Charlie <laughs> from 1973. Yeah, that's it's not a bad film either. And black exploitation, yeah. Western? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Starring Fred Williamson, the sequel. To I was the, about to say this is the second one to the legendary legend of nigger Charlie. That's right. And also, it is followed by Boss Nigger. Yes. Uh, the Soul of Nigger Charlie continues the story of escaped slave Charlie and fellow ex-slave ex Toby, played by, wait for it. I was about to say, Derville Martin. Martin. Derville Martin's in this. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. time, the two friends help a group of ex-slaves earn freedom as they combat a ruthless ex-Civil War officer who wants to keep slavery alive by selling blacks to southern plantation owners in Mexico. This is not a bad list. There you go. This is not a bad list at all. Yeah. 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 That is the only. Who was soul number five? Number five was Soul Men. Soul Men. Right, 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 right. And yeah. Then followed by Soul to yes. Soul. To soul. soul to soul and Thunder Soul. Thunder Soul. Yeah. Body and Soul. Body and, yeah. And the Soul. Of this is not right. a bad list. Yes. And did I get the order right? You got the order right. <laughs> See? You absolutely got it. I know the, my Benson. Yeah. Yeah. You got the order right. I know my yeah. Benson. All right. So there that, you go. That is, that is our that is our top five. <laughs> oh my god, that was so much fun. That was so much fun. All right, next week here on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen, um, we it is my turn. It is your turn to select the movie, and I have selected a I think what is a very good film for uh, us spoiler. to review. I, in a month of September, were dealing with child stars. Okay. Who kind of grew up to become more. Okay. Thus, we did Good Burger with Keenan uh, Thompson. Okay. And now, we will review from 2007. Uh, I believe this film was from 2007. That is correct. Sounds about right. It is Aquila and the Bee, 2006. Fantastic choice. With Kiki Palmer. Yes, sir. In the lead role. Introducing Kiki Palmer? Well, it's the movie that made her a star. Yeah. They didn't introduce mm -hmm. her. They didn't introduce her. It's the one, you know, that everyone kneels, kneels at. Yeah. So Aquila and the Bee. Aquila and the Bee. here on the Me Show mission. Until the... Oh. <laughs> we got a whole bunch of business we got to do. Um, feel free to email us uh, all of your thoughts and concerns to the Michelle Mission at Michelle Mission at gmail.com. Follow the Michelle Mission on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Michelle Mission. Subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube, youtube.com slash Michelle Mission. And wherever you check out our podcast, please give us a five-star rating and a review, especially if it's on Spotify or Apple, because that helps people find our show. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of The Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. All right. And um, I don't know if you knew that Sanaa Lathan is the Catwoman that I didn't know I needed. 
check her out the voice of Catwoman <laughs> on Harley Quinn on HBO Max she's she's very good she's very very good yeah. alright until next week he's Vincent I'm Len and in parting we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again <laughs>